Welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo. Steve. How you doing? Good, good. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. I ran a half marathon yesterday. I was going to ask you, how, <laughs> how'd you do? I'm, I was really happy with the result. I ran it faster than, than the one that we did at East Canyon. So the East Canyon, I think I did at like 147. And I finished this one at 143. So you're the fastest guy in the room? <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> if, uh, if I would have ran that fast that when we did the East Canyon, I would have beaten Christina. By minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but probably she would have just put, if she saw me pass her, um, she would have just pushed ahead and like beat me. But She's so awesome. <laughs> Man. And you did it with Shay, right? Yeah, we Shay Smith. He's a an O three er, so also a, a a fellow beat digger. So maybe we'll put this out there for the future. But people, if you keep listening, we're gonna start having some bonus episodes with some people that are not uh, two thousand four ers. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we can talk about this because I was thinking there are not only not only other beat diggers, but other people that we want to talk to, like. I wanted to start a second podcast. Not forget about running with Steven Gonzo. That's still like that's still <laughs> like a third podcast. Yeah, that's gonna go through like an underlying like thing that that <laughs> follows us through any anything that we do. But um, I wanted to do something like catching up with Steven Gonzo or digging deep with Steven Gonzo and just talk to people that we know, like an old young men's leader or. Um, like uh, your sister or Our my sisters sister. are like friends, parents. Yeah. Like a friend's with. parent, someone, um, someone that we want to talk to, someone that we find interesting and te- and ask them almost kind of the same stuff that we've been asking. Like what have they learned? How did, how have they changed in the last experiences that they had? Yeah. And, or, and, or just digging deep on one or on something that they find that they're passionate about, something that they find interesting. I want to, I kind of want to do that. And then maybe also have some of the people back. Like if we, if we have like, I want to talk to Rafi again or talk to like, um, you know, have have, uh, Brady Levitt back. It's like, maybe that'd be like, we can do like on a separate podcast. So I don't know. It's just like, it's just something that we've been brainstorming, Mm -hmm. but I kind of, I don't know. It send us, send us a message or like send us a, do you guys think this is a good idea? Would you listen to that? Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Well, I, I think it'd be fun. I, I like the idea a lot. And there's lots of people that we've talked about wanting to talk to. So, yeah, we'll see. We still have a lot of 2004 people. Yeah, we and we're still like booked up through like March. So, but I don't know. I think there's room for it. Or like Natalie. I want to have Natalie do an episode. Like your wife. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to her. But she's an, she's a hawk. Like we could never have her on the on the Beat Digger podcast. You know, it's funny because like she said that when she <laughs> sent that voicemail, like she doesn't she care. Said it, she said it like three times. She's like, "You don't want to hear from a hog," and it's like, "Oh, we don't care." But... I was like, "Oh yeah, high school. Yeah, I don't care about that." At all. That's so funny. No, I think it'd be fun. So uh, we're gonna do it. Like eventually, we just gotta figure out when. We okay. Do that. So watch your feeds for those for that second podcast coming. <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess we could just get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have Cody Draper on. So Lisa Harris had, or Lisa Morgan. Yes. 
she shouted Cody out and said like that she would like to hear him on the podcast. And he sent us an email and he got on the schedule. So we have him on tonight. So huge shout out to Lisa. Thank you. And big thank you to Cody for for stepping up to the challenge. Yeah. I, I love it when people call each other out and then they like, I get an email on the inbox with them. So best. Yeah. This is our, let's get to our conversation with Cody Draper. Thanks guys. It's good to see you. Yeah, good seeing you. It's been many years. This is pretty awesome seeing you guys. Oh, thanks. It's, the last, good, it's really good to see you. I think the last time I saw Gonzo maybe was at Michael Rhodes' house. Maybe. Remember Michael Rhodes? Yeah, yeah. I think you're hanging out there one night. Anyways, probably 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like I, I don't think I've seen you since high school. I I don't. Yeah. It's just funny because I feel like Gonzo somehow runs into so many people. Even though it was 15 years ago, it's like, ah, remember when I used to see you at the store? <laughs> no? Just no. like, I bet a lot of people will like, like I think because the name Gonzo is like a, you know, or the nickname Gonzo is like not common. It's unique. Yeah. But, That's so. true. Anyway. Well, thank you for coming on, Cody. Yeah. Kind of catch us up. Tell us what you've been up to, how things have been. The last little while in your life. Uh, They've been crazy. So I have have five kids. Yeah, we were just talking about putting them all to bed is a nightmare. But I've been tasked because my wife deals with them all day. So I've been tasked to put them all to bed. And it's never an easy feat. It's exhausting. So pardon me if I yawn a couple times, but (laughs) got it done. Uh, But yeah, so I got, uh, when I graduated from high school, actually, I don't, no, if you guys, I actually received a mission call in school. I went through the temple in high school. Oh, wow. Um, so I graduated and left on my mission on the 21st of June. I so, yeah, I Chicago. I know because uh, um, Shay, Shay Smith went to. Oh, yeah. Did, were you in the same mission as James, too? No, I didn't know. I, Shay, and Shay and I were in the same mission for sure. We hung outside each other, but I just listened to James. I just listened to a couple of them briefly before just because uh, I had been listening to him, you know, back when I first emailed you guys and I'd fallen off the wagon a little bit. So I jumped on to James's um, and I saw that he had went to Chicago. He didn't say whether it was north or yeah, south. Yeah, because there's a north and south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to north, which was kind of cool because Shay was a great older than me. But I was put back in kindergarten, so I always, you know, was a grade younger than everyone in my age group. So I got my call before Shay. It wasn't until I got out, I got a letter that he got the exact same mission, exact same call. And we were like, oh my gosh, that was like a dream come true for us. <laughs> but we hardly, the mission president, I don't know if he knew that or what, but he stuck us on the complete opposite side of the mission the whole time. Like, we saw each other very rarely. So, but yeah, two years, got home, worked at 1-800-CONTACTS for forever five years working the call center then i you know moved around a little bit there and then i got a job at groove satellite back in the day doing marketing because i went to select community college and then i transferred to the u got my degree in like a, it was a business the business program but i got my emphasis in marketing and then when i was at groove satellite a guy in my ward had um asked me to come work for him at utah.com and i've been there for I'll be going on 10 years now. Uh, it's a travel and tourism website. So I'm in the travel and tourism industry. And I basically sell digital advertising for utah.com. 
I run most of the revenue. They were bought out about eight years ago by KSL.com. So I then transferred down to the KSL building. Our Desert Digital Media is the actual name of the company, but KSL, Desert News, and we all worked on the same floor. Been there for a while. Uh, we travel, I travel around the state a lot. I'm actually leaving tomorrow morning to go down to uh, Zion National Park to meet with some clients there. And then I'll go to Zion Ponderosa. And then there's an outdoor recreation summit in Kanab that I'll go to. Um, and then I'll come back Thursday. So about once a month, I go and just travel around and meet with different clients who want to promote their businesses, you know, tourism related businesses on utah.com. I, I think when I started, I didn't even know, like when I started utah.com, I went to Zion and I was like, where's all the arches? Like what's going on? Like, I thought, <laughs> and I was like, that's arches national park. And now I'm like, <laughs> for how much I travel around the state, I'm like, I can't believe I even thought that at some time, but Utah's amazing. There's a lot to offer there. So it's kind of a cool company to work for. So my wife, oh, I met, so my wife is Lindsay Hates. She went to Jordan. She graduated a year or two after me. Well, she graduated, she should have graduated two years after me. Actually, three years after me, but since I got put back a grade and she did the opposite, she graduated a year early we were a grade apart. Anyways, I got back from my mission and um, uh, about two years after my mission, her brother, Mark Cakes, was a good friend of mine. We hung out a lot and he worked with my dad at King Garth Nissan and I was in there getting my car worked on. And one day, um, I, my wife hates telling the story because she thinks it's inaccurate. So I don't know the real story, but this is what happened to me. So <laughs> Mark, Mark came up and said, hey, my sister thinks you're cute. You want to take her on a date? And I was like, okay, like, sure, I guess. So she's like, I never said that. Anyway, so I took her out on a date. Actually, our first date, she's always had blonde hair her whole life. And her little sister's always had like dark brown hair. And I didn't know this, but she had just dyed it like dark brown. So on our first date, I went and I knocked on the door and she answered. And I thought it was her little sister. So I was, she let me in. I just kind of walked right past her and I start chatting with her brother for like 10 minutes. Just We're just shooting the breeze and I'm looking up the stairs. I'm looking down the stairs because they have like a split level. And I'm like, she's really taking her time getting ready. You know, we're just, you know, shooting the breeze. And finally I turn, I look at her and I notice that, oh, her sister's dressed up really nice. I'm like, you're dressed really nice. Where are you going tonight? And she gives me this look like, what like super confused and then it hit me i'm like oh sorry you're you're your sister you're Lindsay. you're not jay like i was like i, I was just joking let's go so I, I <laughs> and she married you anyway it was a good one we uh I walked out the front door and I was like, that was probably one of the worst jokes I could have ever told. So I turned her. I was like, I'll be honest with you. I, I really thought your sister, I'm really sorry about that. Your hair and everything. And anyways, we still laughed. I think she texted me the next day and made a joke about it. And we still, it's a funny joke. Whenever I have to go speak in church or something, it's a great intro story. That's to a great how story. it all went down. I love that. You're lucky you're handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's, I, not anymore, but back then, <laughs> back then, thank goodness. So, all right, well, tell us uh, about like 
how you saw yourself when you were a kid. How how did you see yourself in high school? Oh, well, when I was a kid, it was different. High school was, uh, I don't know, man. Man, I uh, I think I was a, I, I don't know how people saw me. I mean, I heard and I kind of felt like, um, that's one I've thought about for a while. I think Merritt, I talked to him today about it. And I was my first, he's like, they're going to ask you that question. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, I mean, honestly, I thought I was just a cocky SOB back in high school. I wasn't proud of that at all. Like I was just this kid who walked around and, you know, I didn't feel like I was all the time, but I got people who told me that I, I was. So not proud of that, but that's how I think I came off. In reality, I was obviously like everyone else in high school, very a small group of friends. And beyond that, I was terrified to talk to anyone else. And you know, I was always just trying to make make it seem like everything was was okay. And but the few friends I had, we had a great time together, and it was it was a lot of fun. If I could go back and change it, I would be a lot more. I'd reach out to a lot more people who needed a friend. Yeah. Do you think that you were just like because you're saying you you had a, a your small group of friends and you kind of stuck to them? Do, is that kind of how you feel? Like you feel like I had my friends and then I, I wish I would have been more friendly to other people or. Yeah, exactly. I wish I would have taken the time to just get to know more people or just people who needed, who needed someone, you know, you have, you know, after having so many kids and seeing them go through school and you know, the times where they came home and they just needed someone to reach out. Or my daughter told me the other day that there was a girl who had come to school and they went to, she just got into middle school and that was, that's been a nightmare. Like, hmm it's that's a whole other story but i mean she's never seen more gay you know people holding hands and yeah you know, gender confusion and that's you know to each their own but the quantity is just so high she was just really blown away by how many people you know were openly affectionate with each other and you know it was it's an interesting world going from elementary school and then the f word i guess she's like it's 60 70 times a day well you know what so, but i feel like us or myself moving into like from elementary to middle school, that's got to be like the biggest jump because I, I, I remember kind of feeling like the same thing. I mean, obviously it was more heteronormative, but it was still like shocking to, to go from like, you're a little kid and now you're going to like, a, as a seventh grader to like a, a middle school where a ninth grader seems like a huge person. And then there are like kids kissing and stuff. And you're like, Oh shoot, what the heck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's such a big, weird jump. It's true. You got like, and then you have these groups. I remember going there and seeing like the goths, you know, and she's talking about how they have their goths or you have these people who just dress really weird. I remember I was walking home from seventh grade at Eastmont my first time and there's a kid just smoking right out the front. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, he looks like he's my age. Whoa, yeah. like there's no way. Oh, it, it, it's, she's handled it really well. She's handled like a trooper. She went to PE class and there was a girl who'd been there for a while and no one talks to her. No one, um, you know, they had to group up with people and no one wanted, no one grouped up with her. So my daughter walked up to her and was like, Hey, I'm Keely. I want to introduce myself. And she said, no, they talked for a minute. She's like, no, this is my last day here. And, and she was like, why is it your last day? She's like, well, I've been actually homeschooled my whole life. And this was kind of my first chance. And after two weeks, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to be done after this. And she's like, really? Like, and my daughter's like, I never saw her again. She's like, I really wish I would have taken the time to get to know her maybe a little earlier. And it maybe would have changed her outlook to make some friends in school. So that's, you know, that's those kind of stories. Maybe look back of 
what was more fulfilling, what would have been more fulfilling in high school would have been how many people's lives you probably could have helped, you know, at least make the high school or middle school experience a little more bearable. I was very oblivious to what everyone else is going through. It's not till I get older and, you know, talk to my kids and see what's going around. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Dear Evan Hansen at the movies. I took my daughter to that. Anyways, it's kind of that, that same storyline where this, you know, this kid goes in there and he has no friends at all. And one random kid comes up and signs his cast and that kid ends up committing suicide the next day. And everyone thinks he's friends with him. So they're trying to figure out, you know, more about him and his family's trying to find out more. But the whole movie is just kind of about everyone has these problems and insecurities, but no one's willing to help, you know, reach out to that person and get to know him and help them through them. I haven't seen that, but that makes me want to yeah. watch it. Maybe, Let's watch it. <laughs> maybe Don's and I will do a review or something. I wanted to say, I feel like that's kind of like the story of life though, right? Like as an adult now, seeing your kids go through stuff and we've gone through stuff, it's like, man, I wish I wasn't such an a-hole or I wish I would have been nicer. I wish mm-hmm. like, and I feel like if I try to think back to things that like my dad or my grandparents or like church leaders said, like, hey, don't do this stupid stuff. And I'm like, Psh! You know, would I have even listened in in high school or in middle school, especially it's like kids are going to do what they're going to do. And that's just part of growing up. But I think it's interesting and telling, like, as we grow older, what we would have wanted to change. And I think it's like you were able to see like this experience with your daughter. And I wonder if there were people like, were there people that I could have helped or I could have talked to or stuck? I don't know, sticking with just your little close group of friends how how things could have changed or been different. But I think that that's just like a, a thing in life. As we get older, it's kind of the woulda, coulda, shoulda, what would have happened. But the cool thing is but, you can have these discussions with your daughter. Like we can talk to our kids. Like Gonzo and I joke about it all the time. Where it's like, man, our kids are going to be messed up too. But like hopefully they're like less messed up than we are, you know. But uh, you try to well, help your kids as much you can. It's one of those things too. It's just like with my daughters, I'm like, if I can somehow – teach them to not be like if, if they grew up not being mean girls like i've done my job <laughs> and it's just like that that's all i i like i seem to emphasize like being nice including like other kids to like when they're playing and things like that but i don't know if i just have personal hang-ups about that and that's why i'm like try to like emphasize on to onto mm-hmm. them it's just like be nice be inclusive it's like if i hear them like say even rude things to each other because you know like s- sisters or whatever will like like say yeah. mean things to each other. I'm like, I'm always like, no, it's like speak nice to your sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, it, it makes me feel even worse. Cause my, my, I mean, what Steve said actually makes me feel better because I mean, I didn't know any different. You know, I was, I was who I was. It, it's not till I realized even looking at my daughter, I'm like, she's a way better person than I ever was in, in school. And it's, you know, I'm not saying all my kids are going to be like that, but she's always been uh, a little more, of the empathetic type. Uh, if any of us were crying when she was little, she'd run right up and like, are you okay? She's like two years old and she's, you know, pat in the back of our head. Are you okay? <laughs> you know, what's wrong? We'll get through this. Like, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, so I have a 12, she'll be 13 in January. Um, and then a, a 10 year old, that'll be 11 here in next week. And then a boy that he's miles. He's a boy. And then I have a daughter named Ramey and she's, she'll turn nine. Oh, sorry. Her birthday was yesterday. She turned nine yesterday. And then oh, I have happy a birthday. Old. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell her you said that. And she actually, a little bit more of my story. She was actually born with, she had a stroke in utero. 
So when she was mm. born, we didn't know it till two years in. Um, well, probably about a year and a half when she was crawling kind of, well, maybe six months. I'm, my, my time frames are all off, but when she started trying to crawl, she drug a leg and we noticed that the left side of her body had, um, it's called left hemiplegia where they can't use it very well. And they said, she may have a seizure. She may not. The doctors are like, we really don't know. Um, and then she had one of her eyes start, you know, going cross, turning in and it wouldn't go back out. So we had a couple surgeries there. And then one day I was driving home from work and my wife, no, the neighbor called me and was like, Hey, your daughter's in an ambulance. She's going to the hospital. And I'm sitting there at Ridley's or Ace on the floor looking at Hulks for, you know, I was doing, trying to finish my basement at the time. And I still this day, I'm like, if I had just picked the right call the first time, I would have been home when she had her first seizure and been there to help her. But she had a grand mall and my, my wife just, all the kids came running downstairs and there was no one. She wasn't there. So my wife was like, Keely, go up and check on, on Ramey, make sure she's okay. And she said she had this overwhelming feeling that don't let Keely walk into that room. So my daughter, I mean, my wife ran up the stairs and she was completely, her whole body went blue and she was limp and rolled over. So my wife thought she had pulled a toy and she was, was gone. So she started trying to do CPR, pulling it at, pulling whatever was out of her mouth. Thank goodness. You know, she wasn't, and by the time the ambulance got there, she was kind of coming too, but wow. she'd had a, she'd had a seizure. Um, that's only happened one other time, but for quite a while after my wife really struggled with, you know, PTSD on that, you know, that whole incident thinking that, you know, she lost one of her kids. And oh yeah. I bet. She's great now. I mean, she had another one a year later and now we're going, they say every two years was her pattern and now we're going on year four. So we're actually really happy that she's gone this long and she's been doing really well. So is she the one that just turned nine? Yep. Yep. She is. Other great news is speaking of merit, he uh, is building a house right next to mine. He'll be moving in middle of November. Oh, so where are you at? Um, in, oh yeah. So I was going to say, so Eagle Mountain, Hostway, I was just listening to his. He lived in Eagle Mountain. Okay. Yeah. Cause you were, you guy. mentioned the Ridleys or whatever. That's just down the street from where I'm at. Oh, are you in Eagle Mountain too? I'm yeah, I'm in Saratoga, but I can throw oh, a yeah. rock and hit Eagle Mountain. Yeah. Okay, I knew that. Okay, I think I knew that. Yeah, you're in Saratoga. Yeah. Cool. Is there a, yeah, you're really yeah, close. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm just right off Koi Ride. If you're coming up Koi Ride, there's that Maverick on your left. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, you're coming off of Walmart, just the same road as people come up to go to Walmart. No, Smith. You stay on that road and go all the way up, and then you pass that Maverick. Um, and then on your right is the school and then on the left. Yeah. So yeah, it's really close. And yeah, I was like, that'd be really cool to see run into Josue. If I you think I would have, of course, I probably wouldn't even recognize him because all of us have changed. He looks the same. He's bald, but he has a big beard. <laughs> oh, dang. Well, Josue, if you're listening, hit me up on Messenger and we'll, we'll hang out sometime because I uh, tried to fight him on Facebook and I couldn't find him. So that's funny. Anyway. So yeah, I live in Eagle Mountain. I can't remember why. We and Merritt's moving that. down here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Merritt is, uh, after two years of, I tried to convince him to buy the lot next to mine, and um, the guy wouldn't sell it. So I didn't, I wasn't going to give up on, give up on that easy. Cause you know, I think since we were kids, we've always wanted to, you know, move in next to each other. We even talked about how cool it'd be to get like a can with a string and cause our windows are now going to be like right now. Our bedroom windows are actually <laughs> like, <laughs> right by each other. 
So stay tuned. We're going to have pictures of us uh, with a cannon string on our bedroom windows and and then our wife's bathrobes hanging out with some hot chocolate in the winter on our porch. That's so cool. We're excited. It's like Christmas morning every time we talk about it because it's something we've always wanted. So uh, we're excited about that. And I'm excited for him and his family. His kids and our kids get along really, really well. And they're excited to be hanging out and raised together. So, Yeah. So so tell us about... How you like who you are now? How how have you changed since high school? Um, I kind of I think there was an experience that we had. I was going to share this. I guess this kind of leads into it. And my wife and I, when we were first married, we were I probably say we were married for three years. We had two kids. We lived in some townhomes. I'm going to try to speed up this story, but it really shapes to and what I've learned a lot about reaching out to others and. As, as I talked about, just any way you can lift someone around you. But there was a family that moved in next to us, um, and we came home. My my wife, we actually came home from a vacation one day, and there was two kids on our porch asleep on our porch swing that we had in front of our little townhouse. And we were like, who are these random kids on our porch? So we went over, and we kind of woke them up. We were like, hey, guys, like, are you hungry? Like, do you need anything? Um, they're like, yeah, that'd be great. So we let them into our house, and we fed them. And they lived, I guess, uh, that house, two houses down from Scott Addicted, and they kind of moved in as squatters. They're from um, uh, Mexico. And we got to know the kids really well, and we kind of had, you know, um, the ward kind of pitch in and help out, just getting them on their feet, getting them so that they could, you know, stay in the country and get citizenship. Anyways, we lost touch with them um, for 10, probably 10 years. And out of nowhere, when we were actually, we moved out of our house at Stonebridge uh, and we were waiting for this house we built. We moved into a little, there was all five of us, five kids, two adults, obviously our, my wife and I, our family in a three bedroom townhouse um, just until our new house was getting built. And we got a call from them. We haven't heard from them in 10 years that we got a call from actually border patrol that there was a, a mom who'd been abused and she was in a women's shelter and she crossed the border because her kids were citizens. And it was those kids. There was, um, five of them. So we, that was like eight o'clock at night and we ended up leaving the next morning to Vegas. They bust them to Vegas and we picked them up and we had, um, seven plus six. We had 13 of us in this townhouse all of a sudden overnight. Um, and so they lived with us. Uh, we helped them get into school for the first time. I guess they hadn't been fed in Mexico. They'd been living off of eggs and rice for you know a number of years. So they were very skinny and we got to know them again, once again, really well. Um, a couple new kids had been born. We never met during that time. Um, and they're great kids. We, um, still stay really in, in touch with them, but they lived with us for about a year, about a year and a half during that time, they actually moved into our new house with us and we helped them kind of get school started. Um, we helped them kind of relearn English a little bit. We helped one of the kids um, finally get like, she had had a tooth that was missing and someone helped kind of get her you know, tooth back in. Um, and then eventually we got to the point where we helped the mom get a place of her own that she was able to move into during that time, it was very, very difficult for us to go from having being in that small confined space to having that many kids. And 
uh, to this day, we, we, you know, it was a very difficult time, but the blessings, I mean, just the outlook, I think on life that we saw changed so much on, I mean, when you completely, and this is not saying I did this, this was like all my wife, to be honest with you, I was just kind of along for the ride. Um, but when she put me in that position and, you know, we went to Vegas and picked him up and came home, like our whole outlook on life and just everything, like it seemed like when they got into our house the first night and we just seen their state that they were in and just how scared they were of just everything. Little, uh, anything that was little things just didn't matter anymore. Like we never sweated the small stuff anymore because we realized like there's so much more to life than, you know, the little things that we stress about day to day. There's so much more to, especially, I mean, like we talked about, like that reaching out to someone, no matter who it is, if you see someone down and you could lift them in any way, it does so much for so many people and seeing it firsthand. And I mean, I'll tell you, it was, I mean, we were, people would come up and be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing this. You're the nicest people in the world. And we are like, we feel like the worst people in the world because we are not doing this. Okay. Like it was, it was rough. Like we had some dark, dark times during that time that we still, you know, think back on. Um, it was just really hard on us, but at the same time, we learned so much and grew from it. We don't feel like it was something that we ever did to, you know, feel like there was any blessings or anything. It was just something where we just jumped in and had to do it because no one else was going to do it. So we finally got to the point where, you know, they were on their own. To this day, I think that was a year and a half, two years ago when they actually, maybe a year and a half when they moved out. And I think they were worried that, you know, they'd never see us again. But to this day, they come over probably once a month or once every two months. And we have just the little kids come over because they're best friends with our kids now. And every day we're they're asking, there's a 17-year-old girl too. And then there's a 19-year-old who, she actually asked me to officiate her wedding and now she has a baby. So it's just, my wife calls it her granddaughter, her first granddaughter. So, <laughs> I'm like, sounds good. Whatever, you know, whatever works for you. So, um, but out of that whole experience, I mean, that it's been a while and it's, you know, behind us uh, a little bit. We still help out in different ways, but there's so many people around us who just, you know, that you just thinking about, listen to your guys' podcast was just so eye-opening to realize how many people around us just needed someone or needed, needed that extra person to just take the time to reach out and help them. And I think, like you said, Steve, there's people around us now like that, you know, like there's, that's probably many opportunities like that. It's, it's just being able to recognize that and reach out to them. That's really know, cool, man. Cody. And and honestly, it takes a special person to like open up their home, and you know, it's like good for your wife. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but that's awesome, and and yeah, and I'm sure, and obviously it's hard, but you know, it's just like you say, you get a lot of it uh, out of it, and I know that it's like when my when my dad immigrated here, he my dad and my older brother came first to the states. And people opened up their homes and let them stay for a few months until they can get an apartment. And it's like, and it's not, and actually we've done that too. Like when we've had people that were trying to immigrate too that stayed over at our house and like, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard, but it's also kind of cool experiences at the same time too. Um, and the people that you end up being really close with them, like it, it makes a connection that never goes away, you know? 
it's a very special, it's a very special thing to be a part of. And those, I mean, same, those people will, it's, they were terrible. Those kids were terrified that they'd have to go back to Mexico because we'd found out later that some pretty terrible things had happened to some of them. And, you know, we were working through psychological help and everything, but they were terrified to go back. So be able to have generations even of them being able to, you know, because they were citizens, they were born here, but then they went, you know, they went back and they're trying to get here, but being able to have that generational effect where now not only them, but they know that their kids and the future kids that they have will have be able to have more opportunities because of a small act, really. Listening to both of you, like my, because I know a bit about what Gonzo's talking about and hearing your story. I like that you both addressed, like, it was hard. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, man, every day you go to bed thinking, I'm a, such a good person saving these people. Well, and not you even know. that. It's like, I, I was like a 15-year-old kid at one point, and I'm sharing my bedroom with a 40-year-old man. <laughs> It's like moving from Uruguay and staying with us for like a year, you know, it's just like, it's not ideal. (laughs) But it is what it is. And like, I just like that. I mean, like you both are saying like that family that I know who you're talking about and it's like, they're here and hearing you say like generational is like, yeah, that little baby that, you know, the wedding you officiated, now they have a baby. It's going to grow up and be an accountant and build a house in Syracuse, <laughs> probably. It's like Gonzo. Um, but I, I think it's awesome that, you know, going through the trial, or I'll call it a trial, but going through the experience where there's, you know, it's hard. But being able to have made it through and look back and just like, like you said, you called it a blessing. It's like, man, like being able to not only be a blessing to them and help them find some kind of stability and a great path in their life, but how it affected you and your wife and your children. And I think that the humility that comes with it, where it's like, man, you have seen and become very close family type relationship with people who had nothing. And so hopefully, you know, going through an experience like that, like your kids will always be able to appreciate what we do have because they know people that had nothing and they had to live in a small home with 13 people for a long period of time. Like, I think that that's, that's the kind of stuff that you don't just, you don't just kind of poo poo away. Like yeah. that has to shape you in some way. And so it's cool that you have that experience that you can share. Yeah, it was a, I mean, we say, I mean, two things is, you know, there, there was some experiences that I had just in my own, you know, quiet moments from that whole thing that, I mean, to this day shaped me and, you know, made me realize that, you know, there's a, there's a bigger picture in so many things, but at the same time on the opposite. And I think my wife turned to me one night was like, if there was ever a time in my life I wanted to turn to like drugs and alcohol, it's right now because I can't <laughs> do this anymore. <laughs> oh, she's like, this is either going to make us or break us because I've never been, she's like, I've never been more tempted to like, just get a break from this somehow than, than now. So anyways, <laughs> that's funny. luckily we, we, we hopefully made it and it, and it worked out. So. Maybe that's the whole reason that Merritt's moving in next door now. Like that's the reward. <laughs> that's that's your big blessing. That's the blessing. <laughs> It, 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 I mean, it is. It's got to be because, geez, I remember um, it, it was actually two years ago. And then within two years later, he was out helping my sprinklers and he looked at the lot. And he's like, no one bought that lot yet. And I was like, no, bro, are you still interested in that? And he's like, you know, like, give him a call. Let's just let's just see what he says. So I called the builder guy and he's like, oh, I totally forgot I had that lot. And he's <laughs> like, I think I'm still in capital gains on this. I don't know when I'll be able to make it available. And I was like, you know what? My best friend growing up, I have a chance to live next to him if you can just help me out. And he's like, let me do some digging. 
So long story short, he called me back and said, yeah, capital gains is not up to, this is in October of last year. And he's like, it's not up till April. I don't know if I'm willing to hold it for that long. And I was like, oh, really? I'm like, is there any way he can get priority? And he's like, no. And I was like, I'm like, this is my best friend, man. I'm like, anything I could do. And he's like, okay, I could probably do an REPC, a real estate purchase contract, if he was willing to put like 7,500 down, non-refundable, and I can get him, you know, this price, whatever. And I was like, that would be awesome. Please. I would love you forever, man. So sure enough, Merritt, I mean, the price is, was, was a great price. So anyways, Merritt first bid on it. And I was, it was like Christmas morning. You should ask my wife. I was, I was grinning <laughs> ear to ear all day long. And then we went camping up at Goblin Valley and he came pulling up and he looked at me and he's like, I'm not buying a lot anymore. And I was like, what? My face just went like stone white. I walked into my camper. My wife's like, you look like you've seen a ghost. What happened? I was like, Merritt told me he changed his mind. I'm pissed. Anyway, so it was uh, pretty traumatic. But by the end, he, he was worried about, he had actually just paid off his house. And it was really cool for him. It was a, a small house out here in Eagle Mount. So he was you know, hesitant to go back into you know house debt. But yeah. I worked my magic. And uh, by the end of the camping trip, he was ready to go again. So, <laughs> you know, when I when we were building our house, I was trying to get Steve to get to buy the house right behind me so bad. It was like, come on, we'd like we wouldn't we'd just share the backyard and like only fence it and like it, that's uh, what life's all about. I know right? timing didn't work, but now he has a really awkward kid next door to Steve. <laughs> so it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> well, that's what I. I mean, that's what I told Barrett. I was like, you can't put a price tag on the memories we're going to make here, man. Like you just got to do it. This is, this is the rest of our lives. We're going to be in our nineties sitting on the same porch reminiscing. So anyways, I'm glad you get to live the dream. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's been cool. I mean, if we had a podcast, we'd probably be a lot closer, but we're not, so. uh, we'll, we'll look for it. The, the Cody and Merritt podcast coming this fall. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> there'll be some, there'll be some crazy, crazy stories on on that one i guess i could i could tell you one right now that kind of give you a preview of our shenanigans i think when we were in high school and i hope this was a prank on jeff holdsworth so i don't think he would ever listen to these he's not into that stuff but we had pulled up we just went to mcdonald's for a normal lunch and you know Merritt had his old blue bronco i think it was a bronco or blazer and in the back he had oil it's just trashed and we pulled up to Jeff's car and um, we were just hanging out when it Char- Charlonian ball or whatever was coming up and he hadn't been asked. So we we're sitting there. We we're like, we should like trash his car and make it look like he got asked to the Charlonian ball, but not leave a name. <laughs> <laughs> so we put it, we put a sheet and we wrote like an oil, some like with actual motor oil. We like, dripped it on this big sheet i don't we came up with some stupid saying or whatever and we put it across the back and we just took all the garbage from his car and we threw it in the inside and he was pretty excited that he got asked and he's like i'm still looking for that name i can't figure out who asked <laughs> <laughs> oh it was bad it was bad we eventually told him we had to come clean we felt bad and we ended up cleaning out the car in front of my house but we still look back and laugh on why we That's random. So we don't even know why we randomly did that. But me and Jeff, I mean, Jeff and I, he was really good friends with us. So that wasn't great. like that. So, uh, what, so what other changes do you think have 
have happened or or what have you learned since since high school? I am really bad at staying in touch with people too. I mean, even some of my really close friends. The reason why I'm even still friends with Mary is he is really good at staying in touch with people. Like he's always reaching out. Um, and so I've, I've kind of tried to make that a, a better effort, but it's hard. It's really hard to stay in touch with so many people and then not make it awkward when you kind of reach out again. So I've tried to like make it a priority to at least like, and it's even harder because of COVID because when I would drive home from work, cause I would work downtown and I live in Eagle mountain. It's quite a drive. Yeah. I just jump on the call and just phone and just call random people and just, I mean, not random people, but friends that yeah. I hadn't talked to in a while to start up conversations with them. And it meant a lot. I mean, it meant a lot to him to just take the time to give them a call. You got someone you had, especially someone you hadn't talked to in a while. Um, because you know, someone, the fact that, you know, someone's been thinking about you and just wants to talk to you. I, I don't think there's a greater compliment than that. Um, and then someone who's willing to take the time to talk to you beyond your normal group of friends. And so that's something that COVID's actually killed because I'm working from home now. I mean, they shut our building down and they don't plan on opening up anytime soon. So we're all working from home, you know, full time. So I've lost touch with that. But that's something that, you know, I definitely think is one to work on. So. That's really nice. I mean, I like that. Okay. So I've got something that I want to ask you and it could be oh. like, it could be kind of touchy. So it's like, if you're, um, if you're not comfortable talking about it or, or something, then we don't have to, we don't have to. I was even, t I was telling Steve and I was telling my wife too, like a few, maybe this was during COVID. Um, our son is in like, um, or was now he's transitioning into uh, special ed preschool but he was okay. in the, the early childhood development through the state where mm -hmm. they come and do home visits, but during COVID they weren't doing home visits. And there was like a, we were doing like a big zoom meeting mm -hmm. and it's like, I could have sworn. It's like, I, I mean, we're, we've been fa Facebook friends for like 17 years or whatever, but yeah. we like haven't talked to each other in a long, long time. But uh -huh. it's like, it's like that lady looks familiar. I think that's Cody Draper's wife. Yeah. But, and I was like telling my wife, I'm like, I think I know that lady. I mean, I don't know her, but I've seen her face. And I think like, I've just seen her picture on Facebook. Uh -huh. So it's like, um, do you guys have like a, a kid yep. with like early development issues or, or development issues? Yep. I have, we have two. So Ramey, uh, how long ago was this? Just barely. This was last, um, I think I want to say 20, it, I think it was 2020, like late okay, 2020. Yeah, you said COVID. Yeah. Yep. That was, so that was Matt. So we actually have two. So, and I actually was in Head Start early development when I was a kid. Um, my mom, I tested and I'm, I'm in, I have ADHD through the roof. Everyone knows that about me and I was put back a grade. So I was in early development. And so my old, my daughter, Raymond, who had the in utero stroke, she was in it, but they actually came to our house, kids on the move. Yeah. Um, and they helped her with, you know, not in learning, but her, you know, physical, like her hand and her motor skills and everything. Um, but then, yeah, my current son is just like, he's, I have, oh, so, and then I have a, I didn't tell you I have a two-year-old. So <laughs> that was the fifth kid. I think I stopped it. <laughs> yeah, we forget about him. He's like way on the back. So. <laughs> yeah, his name's Max. And so he'll be turning three. But yeah, that was probably totally my wife because they just came they now are doing in-home visits. So they've been coming, but yes, yeah. back in COVID, my wife would jump on those, um, those calls. And yeah, that was totally him. He's, 
he's progressing back then he wasn't saying anything he was kind of so he's the same age as as our son that he's he our son is turning three next week and it's the same thing he's well even now he's still nonverbal and um so but i wanted to ask you like how does that how has that like children with like some special needs how does that affected your parenting like or how does that how has that changed you as a person or as a parent well especially with i mean my first daughter was we were like focused 100% on her. I, I would say it affects the children who don't have the disabilities more than it affects the children with the disabilities because now all the attention is off of them. The problem is, is my daughter, Ramey, she is nine and she has a little sister that's, you know, came pretty close after her. It was like our one big surprise baby that we were not planning at all. So turned out being a huge you know blessing because they're like best friends. But we held her, we didn't want her little sister to past her because what well, how would that make her feel so even like her hair doesn't grow very well so we cut you know our, our younger daughter's hair short um we were hesitant to let her like go and just read and learn because we didn't want our older daughter to feel discouraged that she has this little sister now that's you know faster can run read better can do all these things that are much better than her and it wasn't like we were doing it purposefully but it, we started realizing that you know subconsciously that's what we were doing and it, it affected actually because we we're giving her so much attention it, it affected her to a point where she tested even lower and she didn't have any neurological problems when she went in to do her testing um, and she actually qualified for more programs and now she's very smart and we realized looking back wow like you know we were holding her back so much because we put so much attention on you know one child who had physical and upfront needs that we had just been, you know, putting all of our focus on and overlooking, you know, our younger child. And she was used to it ever since she was born. You know, she was used to kind of getting the second attention. Even my daughter, Ramey, the, the one who has the problems, you know, when we brought her home, her little sister home from the hospital, she was like, Ooh, I don't want that one. Can you throw it in the trash? <laughs> we were like, oh, no. it's a, it's a baby. No, like, <laughs> But now they're, I mean, honestly, having kids that close, they, we don't ever see them. They're off in the room playing together all the time. They don't bug us. But the five, the two-year-old, oh man, she, he's so far in the back. Like he needs a friend constantly. Like he's, you know, everywhere. But he, by the time it's your fifth child, like we should be giving him probably a lot more attention and learning than we do. But you seem to worry, I think a little less with that. I mean, he, talks a million miles an hour but no one understands you know what he's saying so we're trying to kind of help him form words a little bit but that's why kids on the move is so great because even if you have it as your fifth child they come in and they help you remember like okay this is what's important right now and here's the things you should be working on to help you know him progress and we're we're excited because actually none of our kids have been able to test uh because i'm sure what's your is your daughter your son my son yeah and what's his name oliver Oliver. And so I, I'm sure Oliver's probably in the same boat as, as Max. Max will be uh, on November 20th. So they're really close in age, but he'll be three. Yeah. Our oldest, both our girls didn't qualify for um, above kids on the move where they could actually go and get like a preschool program or whatever. Um, so Max was our first child to be able to actually qualify for uh, additional, which, you know, it's a bittersweet thing. It's like, oh gosh, that's, 
sucks he you know is that low but at the same time it's like awesome that now he's going to get all this additional help and they actually say sometimes all that additional help makes it so that when they do start kindergarten they're pretty far ahead of the average kid and i i mean i hope so like our son is still nonverbal, and he's still like if anything i mean it, it it sucks to say but i think if anything he's gone backwards like and it just you know he's still too young for like uh, people don't diagnose until at least three years old so he's still too young but he's like he dances a lot less than he used to you know it's just like he is if anything becoming more inside of his head so it's like he ignores the other kids a lot more or it's rare he will like ever it's like if we see him like chasing other kids or playing with the other kids we're like oh what the heck oh like like super excited because he's usually just ignores everybody but like but my wife and like he used to dance with the girls or like when we were all like we have try to have a dance party he jump in and like move but now he's like he doesn't anymore or he used to say like no 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 and now he, like he he won't say anything so if anything he's like gone backwards a little bit so we are excited we hope that the um we hope that the special ed, um, preschool will be like, yeah, yeah will be like a, a benefit and can help them in development. But at the same time, you know, it's like, and that obviously I don't want to make your episode about myself, but it's been one of those things that, um, you know, to learn to let go, to, to learn to let go and, and let go of all these expectations or, or things that, that I think that I want and just focus on, you know, trying to help them and be there and love them and support them and, and do as much as I can, but without at the same time wanting him to like, Oh no, after this, he's going to start talking or things like that. I mean, if he does awesome, but if he doesn't, that's also awesome. You know, it'll just be what it is. But. That's it. That's actually an awesome uh, perspective. Cause you know, as I look, it, especially as you know, my first son, he couldn't be the more stark opposite of, you know, who I am, you know, I wanted, you know, this athletic, I liked sports, someone athletic, loved playing, you know, I had him in all, signed him up as many soccer things as I can. And it came to realize that he actually hates any contact sport. He doesn't <laughs> like any of that. Like, and he, you know, it got to a point where I, my wife can even tell I was just really, I wanted him to be someone, yeah. you know, that he wasn't. Yeah. And I worked so hard for him. You know, we spent so much time working on baseball and this, and all of a sudden he gets, <laughs> he gets hit with the baseball one game, and he's like, I'm out. Right? I just want to sit down with a good book. <laughs> yeah, or a video game, so whatever. And it wasn't imperfect. It wasn't until I finally, like, accepted, you know what, like, this is a – he's my opposite. And how much better of a friend can you have than someone who's actually, you know, your opposite? So it wasn't until I, I finally, like – chilled out a bit, relaxed. and was like, do it, buddy, be who you want to be. Like do what you want to do. And so he started exploring, uh, like dirt biking. And so we decided we, you know, he really loved getting into dirt bikes. So now we have dirt bikes and I just let him do his own path. And I'm like, I'll support you no matter what it is. So now we love dirt biking together. Like now I have a buddy to go dirt biking with and it's just kind of letting him go down his own path and we create our own hobbies. I mean, he loves, we both love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they're coming in concert. <laughs> so I am really I hate to admit I, I hate to admit this, but I'm I'm taking my 11 year old to the Red Hot Chili Peppers because he does 
actually he doesn't know about it all. He's not awake, but um, we'll edit that we, part uh, out in case he listens. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think he listens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to all these. So. <laughs> no, but it's it's just like that. Just like you said, Gonzo, when you kind of let go and and you know just. Hey, what hap- I'm here to support you, but whatever happens, like my hobbies will become your hobbies too. It, what, why does he always have to change his hobbies to mine? Why can't I change mine to his? Um, and so that's we just got done playing Halo actually, just right before we I came down, and I've got to learn how to play Halo with him. And we I don't love it. I mean, I get bored kind of quick, but he loves that I'm playing with him and I'm getting better at it. So you know, we take the time to you know do his hobbies and we've, we've grown close you know, because of that. So that's great. I love that. Is there something that, or do you have other things that you have learned or do you want to tell us what you're passionate about? Or passionate yeah. I discovered? mean, I think one thing that came to mind was, um, and now I'm kind of stepping back, but when I, um, just, I, I had an experience in, in high school that I like to this day struggle with that, you know, I talk about standing up for other people and stuff, but I remember, I think we were, I was walking over, um, to the commons, you know, you know, your first walk in school, there's a big common area yeah, yeah, yeah. hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking over there and I don't remember people's names very good, but one kid just got in a fight with another kid and they were just kind of willing on each other. And it was just two big dudes. And I was like, Oh, another fight. And this little kid came running in trying to break it up. And he was, he oh, was dang. small and he was skinny and he went right in the middle of him and he took, they didn't stop. Like he took a lot of blows. And I remember just sitting there watching and being like, like my mind wanted to like pull him out and jump in and just like really break it up because I mean, I wasn't big by any means, but I was bigger than him at least. Like yeah. I wanted to like jump in there, but my body, like it just wasn't, I just froze, you know, like you're so worried about what everyone's going to think around you and so many things. And I mean, even t- to this day, I, I actually was reflecting on it. I'm like, man, there's some things if I could go back and, you know, do to, you know, step in and help someone who needed it or, you know, any instance where, you know, I let something happen in front of me that I wish I could have, you know, stepped in and helped, you know, that was one thing that came to mind, but do you feel uh, that that's why my goal is to make up for it and try to help others. So. so what are your passions? What are you into now? What are you passionate about? Um, I love, I mean, I love obviously with my job in Utah, I love hitting, I mean, if anyone's ever um, looking to do a trip in Utah, I mean, shoot me a Facebook message or anything, but I've been on, I go to Archies, I go to Canyonlands and there's some really cool, like fiery furnace is a really fun hike in there. But just my passion is Utah. I mean, I go all around the state for 10 years just doing because when I go and meet with clients I got nothing to do the rest of the day so you know we go out and hike and stuff so yeah so you like to go all over Utah yeah you, you like you like trekking checking out the sites in Utah yes yes so I feel that's my passion I mean I we're, we're part of a ski Utah group so I do every Wednesday we're supposed to go networking so I do snowboard I, I do ski when I have to I do both I do like snowboarding a lot more but if I'm feeling tired I'll go put grab my skis and and have my Wednesday be a go up and ski. But I do enjoy that. It's not not top of the list, but it's something that I have taken my two oldest and they love it. So I put them through. If you haven't signed up, get the fifth, the Epic pass for your kids. It's completely free if it's their first time and they get a free lesson, a free rental. And all you do is just drop them off. So as long as it's their first time, you go drop them off at Park City Mountain Resort and 
so I did that because I'm I'm a cheapo. So I did that and they learned how to ski. And then I took them into a snowboard lesson and then I let them choose. And they, I think they chose snowboarding because they knew I liked it, but they both love snowboarding. So we'll actually have more time. I enjoy anything I do a lot more when I do it with my kid than when I would do it alone. So that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, dirt biking, mountain biking, snowboarding. And I used to road bike. I did about two and a half years ago, I did, it's called Lodija, Logan to Jackson. It's a 200 mile bike ride and you leave from Mo- Logan and you ride your uh, road bike up to uh, Jackson, Wyoming. Oh, wow. And that took me about six months, seven months, like getting up really early. And I had all day Saturdays. I was gone because, you know, you're gone eight, nine hours trying to ride to get ready for these. And so after I finished that, my wife came to me and was like, hey, now that you did that, I'd really appreciate it if you kind of hung up the bike because she had two friends who just got ran over and killed on those roads because you're right there on the road. I mean, you get one person on a cell phone and oh, yeah, they for sure. mow you straight over. So I traded that in for a dirt bike because I thought, I said, oh, it's safer, you know. So and much first- safer. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever gotten hurt on a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, it's like- I definitely won't get hit by a car. <laughs> like a padded room you know yeah anyway so i go on my dirt bike and i tear my ACL on the first ride and, uh, <laughs> i call my wife in tears i'm in so much pain and i had to like took me two hours to get my bike out of there with a torn acl and like, she's like you're never gonna ride again right and i'm like that was the most fun i've ever had until i tore my acl so once i recovered no i'm getting back on this thing so <laughs> yeah now all my kids are into it so but yeah, Gonzo, we got to maybe get our kids, uh, our youngest together sometime when they can, they can play because kids need, uh, they need that interaction. It, yeah. It or at least lot. they can just sit by each other and organize blocks and like some color <laughs> makes them look, makes them feel good. <laughs> <laughs> my, my son doesn't interact super well with, you know, he, he just likes to keep to himself too. So maybe they'll, they'll actually just have fun knowing that, Hey, this guy's not going to bug me. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah, just let him play. Perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Do we have any beef? Gosh, I don't. I thought for a while. I don't really have. I mean, I mean, I could try to think of some joking ones, but no, I really don't have beef with anyone. I mean, we all made mistakes. I did. I know. I'm sure there's a whole podcast about all the beef people would probably have with me, but I really don't have beef with anyone. But if someone does have beef, send it in. Let me know, man. I'm all <laughs> about trying to make things better in any way. I I would love to give you a personal personal apology. Uh, it, it would, it would please me and it would probably be one of the, make my day to be able to go in there and apologize to someone of something that I may have done or offended someone in some way. But yeah, no, I don't really don't have any beef guys. Oh, cool. Well, I don't, I don't have anything. There doesn't have yeah, beef. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have I got nothing. Beef. Really? <laughs> Come on guys. Yeah, you gotta yeah. like been mad about something or I, you know, acted like I was too cool or something like. Maybe I make something up. I don't. Know. I wish, but no. So I, I, I wish you would have jumped in and saved Gonzo from getting beat up by those two <laughs> yeah. big guys. Me, <laughs> with that one time I was trying to stop that. Fight. I didn't want to stay. <laughs> I was trying to keep his name confidential. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next time, if you see Gonzo trying to stop a fight, you you can jump in. You know, okay, I will. <laughs> 
Unless I see Steve stand there watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have my pictures. phone out recording. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> this would be great TikTok. Let's do it. Do you have, well, do you want to promote something? Is there, do you have something you want to promote? Uh, no. I mean, no, I wish, but no. I'm, I'm Just pretty, check out Utah.com. Pretty boring guy. Yeah, come to Utah.com if you're uh, looking to travel around the state, I guess. It's a cool, fun website. We have a lot of, take time reading. Our, our writers love how, you know, if, if you're not laughing as you're on Utah.com and reading about the state, then we've done something wrong. So that's right, kind cool. of the goal. It's kind of the initiative I put in there and we work with the creative to make sure that, you know, you don't want to go to a normal, like, government. You go to a lot of tourism websites and you're just reading boring, encyclopedic, you know, crap. And so we want to just make it fun and engaging and it, it helped our bounce rates go, you know, quite a bit down and our average length to stay on our page grew quite a bit just because, you know, people could be engaged with the, with the actual product and the page. So, but yeah. Then before we let you go, do you have um, a fun story you want to share or any any other thing that you want to talk about? Uh, I I snuck it in there with Merritt at one of Merritt. At least he did a great job telling the other one where he was there when he busted (laughs) out his front teeth. (laughs) (laughs) He just his his mom pulls up and he grabs his his like belt and he starts like jumping around. I'm a hillbilly, mom. <laughs> and his mom um i've never seen that woman mad and she was mad like she was furious and we we're like oh Merritt, you're gonna get it man oh she actually said something i think oh she mentioned that i think the teeth were put in backwards or something yeah, yeah. so i i called Merritt. i was like i didn't is that true i didn't know that and he's like i think when i called and this is back when lisa's podcast was a while ago but i'm pretty yeah. sure he was like yeah, actually, and I'm like, how did I not know that we've been for so long? <laughs> They've actually since fallen out, and I mean, he had them in there for years, but they have since, I think, both fallen out. Now he has implants in, but no other funny stories. I mean, I probably could, you know, think of some. I can call in later and do one, but I, I actually had a lot of fun in high school. We had a blast. They were some good times. I went to the tech center, though, I think. So I'd missed out a lot my senior year because um, I was so much at the tech center. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, it's really good talking to you. Really good seeing you. Uh, let's do uh, Let's do get the kids together. And, and even then, you're really close. Like, I want to do another uh, cookout so we can do, like, come out and we can get Josue out there, too. And uh, the people oh, that close. And, uh, and, and grill something. Smoke some brisket or something. Yes, smoke a brisket and some ribs. Oh. Some Jerome oh, sausages. Do you, yeah. Do you, do you smoke some meat? I, uh, I have a smoker and I smoke a, I don't, no one in my family really loves turkey. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking kill it. Last Thanksgiving with my turkey. I don't even like turkey. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to like love this thing. So it's like delicious. I'm going to put and, a brisket inside the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. My, I mean, I love brisket. That's everything I do. So I was like, do you know what? If I have to eat turkey, this has got to be amazing. So I ended up doing like a 24-hour brine, and my wife found some brine that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I injected it like crazy, like butter, um, like this Cajun butter, but it had a little jalapeno kick to it. Nice. And I just injected the whole thing, and then I um, rubbed the whole thing down with even more butter, and I put Lowry's all over it. And then um, I cooked it in the smoker, 
And every hour I'd go out and just baste it with that like butter jalapeno. So mm-hmm. like crisp, the whole thing like tastes like it had been like fried or something. Oh yeah. And uh, my sister's uh, daughter came over and she's like proclaimed vegan. Like she doesn't eat meat, you know? And Turned her she, back ate, she, she uh, went back to not being vegan after she had that turkey. <laughs> she was like, this is better than Disneyland. Like these are the best. That's funny. So, Anyways, I love I love smoking too. I think it's probably one of the greatest things. You can get a good brisket or some ribs on there. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I preaching to the choir. I love it. Any chance I get. I hate turkey, but that sounded amazing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that sounded every. So you'd cut the bur- like even I don't even like the white meat. I'll eat the dark meat, but the white meat. But you cut it and you just see the butter like coming out of like every cut. Oh, nice. It was- it didn't taste like turkey. That's what made it so good. Tastes like butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks, Cody. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, guys. Let's do that. Thank you for thank you for coming on. It's great talking to you. Awesome. You too. I'm. I was a little nervous the whole week. I was like, oh man, I hope I don't look like an idiot in front of my whole uh, high school class. But I, I think I uh, I barely squeaked by. I think we're okay. No, you. Is is great, and it's only like Steve's grandma that listens. Yeah, I got like twelve <laughs> listeners. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Your grandma means a lot to me. <laughs> All right, no. good, good night, Cody. Yeah, take care. Right. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Steve, we just got done talking to Cody. What are your thoughts? That was. Trying to think of the word. That was probably one of my favorite conversations. Like, it was great. I feel like we're all over the place. He had a little bit of like funny, a little bit of serious, yeah. um, great life lessons. It was just, it was great. It was great talking to him. I, I was not close with him. I haven't seen him since high school. I didn't know he was living real close to us, but yeah. uh, I I loved it. it. It is funny how much of our uh, of our class lives out here in, in Saratoga Eagle Mountain area. It'd be interesting if we could somehow put out like a, a survey or something to find out how many people live within 10 minutes of us. Okay, I'll cut this out, but we can actually put out a survey like with the episode. We like, should it's, a, it's like an option now. I maybe, actually, we, maybe we should put out a survey, see how close people live. Also, um, I, I was like floored by the story about the immigrant family that yeah. they had living with them. And man, 13 people in a, in a small townhouse, that's, I mean... It's also, it's super gracious because I remember thinking like, like during the Syrian conflict, it's like, I think the real test of like what you care, if you care or not about like other people is like, are you, would you be willing to open up your home to strangers that are like in this tough spot? And honestly, I think it says a lot about them that they are those kind of people. And it's, and I, I, I get it. And like. I know my parents are those kind of people too because we've, they've done it and they've opened up their house, their home to immigrants or people in trouble, and yeah, I even remember this is off topic, but I remember when my brother, my oldest brother, was in high school. He had a friend that got like kicked out of his house, and just like my parents were like, "All right, you can you can live in our garage or whatever," you know. It's just like they were, they were always those kind of people, open, willing to open their homes to people in need. And I feel like that is a, I think that's a test on, it's like, how much do you really care about your fellow man? And it's like, it, it's awesome to know that he's the kind of person, him and his wife are the kind of people that 
are willing, care enough about their neighbors to, like, they put their money where their mouth is. It's like, they opened up their home to them and let them stay. And mm-hmm. But at the same time, they were blessed by it. They Well, I let them stay, but then also for the length of time. Yeah. It wasn't like, I, yeah, they can stay for, for a like weekend, a couple for a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it made me think uh, that I'm the opposite of Cody because... Natalie has some friends coming in town and she's like, I told them they can stay with us. And there's six of them. And I was like, our like, place is no. small. I'm like what? And I'm like, just not they can wanting stay to come at an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. But, uh, I'm like, okay, so six people in our place. But then hearing that story, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm just a piece of crap. But it's, <laughs> a, but I think that is different because it's like, Friends, like, do they need it? They got money. They're not immigrants from Mexico. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. No, I, that was, I loved that story, and like I just think that there's there's a lot of good lessons to learn from that, and it helps me hopefully have a new perspective of kind of like you just pointed out, like the Syrian conflict or whatever. Like if there's people that needed help, would I actually be like, ah, there's resources for people exactly, like that? Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure something out. Like you know, I pay fast offerings, so <laughs> I know, could probably help. But like, would I be the one that's actually willing to invite someone into my home? Yeah, I don't know. I I would like to think yes, but I guess I have to go do some soul searching and find out. No, either way, it was great. I do. And I, I mean it, I think I do want to get him get together. I think it's been hard for us. It's been hard for, for me, but it's been more hard for Bonnie. I think, especially since she is the one that is honestly taking the brunt of the, and the carrying the heavier part of the load with parenting and parenting as special needs child i do feel i i mean it i 100 percent understand where you're like all of a sudden you focus on one child and then the other children like all of a sudden get less of your focus especially like i was thinking like rose because she's the one closest to oliver in age you know all our kids are three years apart and it's just like forever like oh shoot we're ignoring her and she needs us you know all, all your kids need you but you end up parenting towards that one's like oh leave your brother alone or don't do this or you know it's just like or you know it's like oh he hit you but it's like that ah, whatever like rub some dirt on it because like he didn't know what the, what he was doing type thing well any other if it was like a normal kid you would have smacked the one that hit you know it's just like yeah. hey don't hit your sister you know <laughs> don't hit <laughs> but you know you're kind of like yeah it, it changes the dynamic parenting wise and so and i do want to get together with him especially because it's i think it would be good for Bonnie and uh, Lindsay, like to like have someone that they can relate because it is a, a big parenting challenge and it has been for us. But it, and then at the same time, and we've talked about this before, it's also been like a source of growth. I feel, I feel for me, it's like to as a parent, like it's changed the way I think about like parenting the way I think about my children you know we you when you have a child you even as you hold them as a baby if you're LDS you're blessing them and in sacrament meeting and you're saying you're you're essentially and I was thinking about this a lot like it's like the blessings are it's really just one big wish list because if you're thinking it's like oh you bless them to have a healthy body but no people sit there with a microphone and they want to tell the future for their child they talk about graduations they talk about marriages they talk about missions they talk about service they they have these 
this vision of the life that they want for a child as you're holding them as a newborn. And that may or may not be anywhere near or close to what the child's life is going to be. You know, it is only a parent's wish list. Mm-hmm. It, like that, that, that blessing is a dad saying, this is what I want for your life, really. And it may have nothing to do with what that child will do or the capabilities that they will have. And um, I feel like, like in the last couple of years, I've, I've let those things go. And that's kind of what I was telling to Cody, that it's just like, you, you learn to, to let go of those things and love your children where they are. And then, you know, it's like, because of that, also for my other children to say like, you know, maybe they're not what I want for them. My vision of their future may not be their vision, what makes them happy, what they want to do with their life. So, and it's just, you know, I'm, I, right now I'm at the mindset of, I just want to love them and support them and be there for them. And, you know, just want them to be happy. Yeah. I think those are all good things. Yeah. But it, and, but either way, I, I don't know how like this connects, but it, but I do feel like, yeah, I do want to get together with them. Yeah. I think it's like, it's just, it gives strength to be able to have someone that can hopefully empathize. Yeah. Like, they can relate. Okay, you're going yeah. through something similar. Yeah. So you can find strength in that. Uh, there's two things I want to bring up. One, I love that he wants to have a can phone with Merritt because <laughs> it immediately made me think of like you and I. I mean, too. I think we've told the story, but if not, everybody. Yeah. Gonzo and I lived across the street from each other, and we tried to do, like, coffee can can phone from his house to my house, but freaking Gonzo's dad put the kibosh <laughs> on the whole thing. And then Gonzo got grounded for, like, two weeks. But Yeah, uh, I don't know why he was so mad at me about about that. It's just, like, I don't uh, know. He somehow it was dangerous. I, I don't think it was dangerous. but And then it would have, if you guys bought that lot behind us, if we could have we could have really made it happen, made that can phone happen. And then, then your yard wouldn't be getting all like flooded all the time. I know. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up that he brought up, and you got you just touched on this too, is when you have like a, a special needs child, like a child that just requires extra attention. It made me think of my dad and his mom, so my grandma, because I know that there's a lot of tender feelings. Uh, sensitive feelings from my dad and his siblings because it was essentially like my grandma gave my dad all of her attention, yeah. everything. She was working with him from when he, like, as soon as they found out he was deaf as a baby, she was working with him to, like, teach him how to talk, how to read lips, how to read, how to communicate, how to be involved. And it's like, you met my dad. He he can speak really well. Yes, he like, can. You can have a conversation. Really. You may not know he's deaf. He just... Unless you, kind of yeah, unless you know deaf people, or unless you've been yes. around deaf people that know how to speak, you wouldn't you wouldn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but if you know, you're like, oh, I can tell, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the way that they that they speak, it's just like, oh yeah, I can tell that he's deaf. But he's like, he is he his, can speak really. His well. communication skills are top notch, and so it's like my grandma spent so much time and effort and energy focusing on him that I know that there's a lot of. And I, I don't know that they've worked through it. I'm sure they have, hopefully, at this point. But, like, his siblings have resentment for that because it was like, you're normal. You're fine. You'll figure it out. Like, he needs this help. He needs this. No. And so when he was talking about how, like, the, the next younger sister, it's like... It was even getting testing, further behind. Yeah. yeah she was and it's testing like, no, she, And it's because they were trying to protect the one. And it just makes you think, like, yeah, every kid just needs that little bit of attention. And 
so I just, I thought of that and I just thought that's really relatable. And so I think it's great that he was able to recognize that. And, you know, I think all of us would do well to just kind of take a step back and look and learn from some of those lessons. So I loved it. I thought it was a great conversation. It was really fun to just hear from him. And it was great to talk to him. It's just like, yeah, we hadn't seen him. And we were like, I knew of him and, you know, it's like we were friendly, but we weren't really close. So it was good to talk to him and hear his story. I loved it. Yeah. I want to hear his wife's version of that first day story. So, hey, uh, Cody, have your wife send in a message. Please. And see how, how well it matches up. But uh, this is another episode of Jordan High 2004 podcast. If you'd like to be on, just send us an email to jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram. We love doing it and we love to hear from you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.